Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. As the temperatures continue to drop here in OKC, Justin Jackson keeps heating it up on the court, and we're discussing what has made him so effective as of late. Also, we're talking the Thunder's win over the Bucks on Sunday, and who would be our snowstorm Thunder buddy? Let's get to it. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. This moment, it's another one possession game. Dort has been getting to the free throw line. Drive, kick. Jackson hoists and hits another three. What a shot and what a performance tonight. Even a smile from the four-year man out of North Carolina providing some big time punches for Oklahoma City on the offensive end tonight. Well, this will be the second straight podcast where I open up the show talking about how cold it is out right now because I Gallo, it's so cold. I feel like I just it would be remiss of me not to mention it. We're coming to you today from the Arctic tundra, or at least this is what I would imagine the Arctic tundra to feel like. Does that sound about right, Gallo? Yeah, it's uh, blustery out there. Sub-zero uh, temperatures out there and lots of snow. Snow happened earlier this week and then more coming, it sounds like. But Paris, I do have to say the Oklahoma standard is in full effect because my wife Maddie went out, uh, was in her car, had to do an errand and she got stuck in the snow and people came from like out of nowhere with shovels, dug her out. Um, So anyway, the the Oklahoma standard is is alive and well. People are out there helping each other um, during what's a really tough time probably for a lot of people trying to get to and from work and trying to take care of everybody. You can always count on the Oklahomies, I like to call them. That's they, right. They're always there for you when you need them. And the other thing too, Gallo, the Thunder did not let the cold weather affect them either. I mean, this group went up against the Bucks on Sunday and really strung together a full 48-minute performance, came out with a win as part of their small two-game homestand in Chesapeake Energy Arena. And it, it really came together as a collective full 48-minute, five-man effort. What an incredible performance by this Thunder team that, you know, I'm sure it was just challenging for most guys to even get to the arena on Sunday right. uh, in their cars, let alone, you know, be mentally in a place to play. And they typically, you know, say, Paris, that first game back after a long road trip like the one the Thunder was on, that feels like an extension of that road trip. And yet there the Thunder was, taking it to the second seed in the Eastern Conference. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, that whole Bucks team, even though they were without Drew Holiday, still, I mean, one of the best teams in the league. And the Thunder kind of was in control of that game all the way throughout. Really did a nice job defensively to start that game. We'll, we'll get into that. But offensively, a really balanced performance. Nick, I want to talk about that defense now, if that's okay with you, because that really did set the tone for this group for that full 48 minutes. And this is the second straight game where the Thunder held its opponent to its season low in terms of first half points. The Thunder played Denver on Friday, held them to 40 points at the half, and then followed that up against the Bucks on Sunday, held them to just 41 points. And Nick, both of these two teams are in the top five in points per game. And so by doing this, it really required every single person on the floor to be executing to their, to their best extent. But more than that, you have guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, you have guys like Nikola Jokic, that requires more than just a one-on-one defense. Your shell has to be perfectly intact in order to limit these guys. 
help side scrambling rotations all of that has to be great and you've got to get back in transition that was the big thing the thunder held milwaukee to just 10 fast break points they came in as the league leaders in fast break points and as you mentioned paris this is a historically great milwaukee offense coming into the game it would have been an nba record for their offensive efficiency rating and yet there the thunder was building that wall in transition really clogging up the paint completely and then firing out to contest shooters and the Thunder just did a remarkable job keeping Milwaukee held down as long as they could and then got some big-time shot-making in the fourth quarter. Sure did. Defense led to offense. And this little play here, I'm just going to spell it out. I think it was a small microcosm of what really allowed the Thunder to take control of this Bucks game for a full 48 minutes. So Giannis Antetokounmpo is driving to the left side of the paint. This was in the third quarter, I believe. Driving the left side of the paint and then – He's guarded by Isaiah Roby, who, you know, obviously a little undersized against Giannis, but doing a great job containing him, forced him to spin back middle. When Giannis spins back towards the middle, Kenrich Williams is right there, stops him dead in his tracks, takes the ball right out of his hands and erupts up the floor, finds Justin Jackson on a kickout outlet for a dunk. This is a small microcosm of the game in multiple ways. One, the defense leading to offense, playing ahead of the pack, getting into transition, flowing into offense, playing against a broken floor. But then you've got Justin Jackson, the guy who led the Thunder in scoring for the second straight game, finishing off the play with a big-time bucket. One quick thing on the defensive side, that's also great scouting and coaching and preparation because – Kenrich Williams was ready in help side position, aware that Giannis likes to go to that spin move when he's going to his left hand initially, likes to spin to get back to his right hand to finish in the middle of the lane. Kenrich was right there with him and ripped the ball out of his hands. Nobody rips the ball out of Giannis' hands. Now, we got to talk Justin Jackson. This guy has been relegated to pretty much uh, a role outside of the rotation for a large portion of the season. Now, suddenly, the Thunder needs bodies and they've been a little bit shorthanded with eight or nine guys and Justin Jackson has played a massive role over the last three games scoring season highs in three out of the last four games that he played and so this is once again just an incredible showing of professionalism from this Thunder team we've seen it in a variety of different cases Al Horford coming back from paternity leave Kenrich Williams being in and out of the rotation playing those deep minutes in blowout losses and then bringing the exact same fire and intensity to regular rotation minutes. So we're seeing it yet again, just layered through the roster, incredible professionalism from this group. And just readiness. And this is something that Coach Dagnall talks about a lot, is that we need all 17 guys on this roster, and we can't play all 17 every single night. So part of the job of being a professional in this league is keeping yourself ready and making sure that when your number is called, I can count on you. And that's exactly what Justin Jackson has done. He's in the gym every single day. He's getting those shots up. He was a, a big member of that breakfast club. We've talked so much about this season, the guys that come in the morning after a game that might not have gotten the same amount of minutes as the other players come in and they play an intense game of three on three. And these games are, are really spirited. The guys get after it. And we're seeing kind of the fruits of that. First, it was Kenrich Williams who stepped out of that breakfast club and really showcased his talent on the floor. Then we're seeing guys like Justin Jackson come out here and show what they're capable of as well. But one thing, Gallo, that I wanted to point out was that one of the things that Justin Jackson said after after the game was in his four years in the league, he's been put in all different types of roles in this league, coming off the bench, starting, you know, playing a lot of minutes, being out of the rotation. And so he's seen a lot of these different situations. And so he knows what to expect and he knows how to keep himself ready. And that's what we're seeing here. 
And one of those ways is going over to the practice facility in the morning on a game day, even when the team didn't have a morning shoot around. That's something that Justin tries to do. He, he said he had to double check and make sure that the Thunder Ion was open on Sunday morning, given the, the snowfall that was coming down that day. But he was able to get in there, able to get his shots up. And that just shows kind of going that extra mile and, and what it does. And then he pops off, go, makes all four of his three-pointers, including the dagger game ceiling three at the top of the key as the shot clock is winding down. Uh, just an incredible sequence there, by the way, to mm-hmm. cap off the night as Lou Dort attacks the paint, kind of maintain that tempo. Darius Baisley with the one-touch pass. Um, that was really impressive, being able to just tap pass with the right hand. And Jackson didn't even think about it and drained to the top of the key three. I don't know about you, Gallo. When I was watching that play, I was, like many Thunder fans, I'm sure, was just very nervous. I mean, it looked like the play was a little out of sorts. The shot clock was winding down. And like you said, Darius showing a lot of poise to grab that ball, not even put another hand on it, but just get it to Justin Jackson quickly, who hadn't missed a three in the game at that point, mind you. Perfect from the three-point line. Yeah, and Lou Dort, I mean, his pass looked like it was heading straight for Mark Dagnall. Uh, <laughs> but, but Darius, and to his credit, Darius Baisley was sensational in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, we'll talk about that in terms of just the way that he continued to keep the Thunder's pace high and attacked without hesitation, without holding onto the ball. He had three straight rim runs, basically, and two of them he finished, and another one he got a kick out three to Justin Jackson. So it is one of those great ways that Baisley continues to show progression and to understand that his decisiveness is just as important as his skill level. I, I do have to say this, though, just talking about Justin again. I, I got to give credit to our producer, Matt Bishop, for this one. I, he, he made that three-pointer just in time. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I like that. That sounds like a that sounds like a pod title to me. Does it? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We'll yeah. see how that turns out. <laughs> well, like we alluded to a little bit there, this Thunder team has really shown steps of improvement through each little section of this season and the last few games, it's about finishing strong. And this has been an area where in the previous three games, the Thunder fell just shy. But before that, the Thunder was having a little bit of trouble starting games on the right foot. And so we're seeing them kind of put these things together in real time, right before our eyes. And, and Gallo, you wrote a great article about this. And I literally just said the title in that whole opening monologue right there. <laughs> but it's, it's entitled Learning and Improving in Real Time. It's on OKCThunder.com. Please go check it out. It really spells this out perfectly. But this is exactly what the Thunder team is doing right now. Right. I, I think the, what you mentioned about the slow starts is really kind of where this team began to make those strides. And this was in late January that the Thunder was having a hard time in first quarters. You would see the, the score breakdown, basically quarters two through four, the Thunder was beating teams, but the first quarter had gone so poorly that they were losing some of these games. Well, beginning of February, Mark Dagnall got the ship turned around. There's no real moment of truth that occurred. It's just continued focus on it and players who are still in their formative years being able to address something and concentrate on it and do better the next time coming out. And now the Thunder's been on a stretch of seven or eight straight games of winning in the first half and having first half lead. And that just shows the ability to actually take something that you need to improve on, apply it and do it better. And and I can't think of anything better 
than that skill when it comes to not only an 82 game season, but someday down the line when you're going to be playing in playoff series. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, you're going to have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror, assess something that's not going right, and actually do something to fix it. So these are really encouraging signs at the very outset of Mark Dagnall's head coaching career and at the outset of some of these young Thunder players' careers as well that dedication to improvement. And this has kind of been that feedback loop that Coach Dagnall has talked so much about since the very start of the season. It's put your best foot forward out there on the floor, perform to your best ability. Let's go back and look at it. Let's analyze it. Let's review it. Let's reflect. And then let's act on what we've learned. And so that continuous cycle is exactly what we're seeing kind of play out in real time. And Gallo, I want to go back to these strong starts because I think the fact that they stepped into this ability to start the game strong I don't necessarily think it was about coming out and having this strong burst of energy for the first five minutes, right? I think what they're doing now is tapping into this mentality of a full 48-minute performance and full 48-minute effort. It's about coming out with the energy that you want to play at for the entire game and not letting that drop or fall at any point. And so the fact that they're coming out strong, I think is a little bit of an indication that that's starting to set in and that in order to do that, you do have to throw the first punch. That's what that looks like. Coming out strong is is part of that full 48-minute performance. Right. Having the physicality, the mental toughness to be able to come out and really deliver right away. But then as you're mentioning, Paris, the 48-minute effort, that also means the stamina to sustain what you're trying to do offensively and de- defensively throughout the entire 48 minutes. And I think that's kind of the flip side of what uh, the article was about, which is the three games on the road, uh, two in Los Angeles, one in Denver, the Thunder played great, really ran their offensive stuff crisply for the first maybe 40 minutes of those games and then started to sputter out a little bit offensively, didn't quite have that same stamina, didn't quite have that same downhill attacking, ball movement, crisp passing. Well, at home against Milwaukee, they broke through and they were able to continue having that. And that is the sort of just, again, the mental stamina, the ability to keep that up possession after possession deep into games when opponents know what's coming and still be able to do it. Uh, and that's why I give a lot of credit to a guy like Lou Dort or a guy like Darius Baisley who made those downhill attacking drives, made the next pass, got that kind of revolving door going offensively for the Thunder time and again against Milwaukee. Uh, and uh, you bring up a good point because the, this last performance against the Bucks, the Thunder was without Shea and their lead primary ball handler and playmaker for the third straight game. And so, Gal, I kind of want to throw this question back at you is, you know, like how important is that for these guys to be able to do that without their primary playmaker and the guy that they normally would rely on in these sort of situations to still be able to execute at that high level that we're talking about? I think it says everything about the Thunder system and its identity and the type of basketball that they're trying to play. These are fundamental ways of playing the game that can be sustained, you know, depending on, you know, it doesn't matter who's on the floor in terms of personnel. That's the way that they want to be playing so that they can be efficient, so that guys like Shea, their talents can be maximized because the defense has no idea what's coming at them. So it's not, you know, regardless of who's on the floor in terms of talent level, it's regardless of who's on the floor so that the defense is completely just flummoxed by what's coming at them and has no idea who's going to attack them on a given night. You know, Paris, sometimes we talk about, you know, it can be anybody's night when it comes to scoring. Well, on this Thunder team, it can be anybody's night when it comes to being a playmaker, making assists. We've seen guys pop up here and there in terms of having big assist nights. And we've also seen guys on the defensive end, guys stepping up big time, just Having to guard different players, obviously we see a lot of this with Darius Baisley with his versatility and his size, being able to match up with a lot of different players. 
but also guys like Isaiah Roby getting out there and kind of duking it out with, with these different playmakers. And so that versatility, like you're talking about, it plays out in so many different areas of this game. And to be honest, it's really fun to watch because when you see a guy like Justin Jackson go off and you see how the bench reacts when he makes that last second three-pointer, it, it warms your heart. It makes you really happy. And you're really rooting for these guys because you know how hard they work to get to this point. And you know that to have a guy like Justin Jackson in your back pocket and, and on that bench ready to go only makes your team stronger. bit of housekeeping in this podcast to keep you up to date on everything that's going on. The Thunder is now in the back half of this jam-packed February. 16 games in 28 days, Gallo. Don't blink because by the time you listen to this podcast, the Thunder might have played three or four games. That's just how the things are rolling right now in this season. But the Thunder has come off of that game against the Bucks going into a back-to-back, and then they'll have a chance to go up against the Bucks again on Friday. So a lot of moving parts here for the Thunder. But also, off the floor, February 16th was the last day of voting for All-Star. It was also the last double vote day. So be on the lookout for those results for the All-Star game to see if our very own Shea Gildas-Alexander has made it onto the Western Conference roster. Yeah, Shea was 10th on the first round of balloting, and this is the fan vote, which counts for a portion of the all-star selection criteria, which also includes the coaches. This is really more for the starters, so those starting players will be set here coming up. Um, Be on the lookout for those results, and then the reserves will also be named later on. Shea definitely has an incredible case, and we'll see if the fan vote and the coaches give him that opportunity to go to the all-star game. I don't know. What would be your elevator pitch to send Shea to the All-Star game? I I mean, me personally, I would just run back everything that all of our opposing coaches have said about Shea in their pregame media availability. If he's not a superstar now, he's the superstar in the making. That was a quote from Ryan Saunders, the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I would just point you to this. 22 and a half points a game on over 50% shooting from the field, 38% from three with every eyeball on the opposing team looking at him every single play. I mean, Shea is obviously the number one option for the Thunder offensively, even though they are playing this more egalitarian style. He's the guy that is going to be commanding a ton of tension. We see him get double teamed all the time. It hasn't mattered. He's been incredibly efficient and is, you know, kind of teetering on some incredible numbers here at the guard spot that you just don't see. You don't see guards shoot up above 50% from the field. And here's what Coach Dagnall said yesterday at practice. We're recording this on February 16th right now. So this was on Monday, February 15th. He said, he's playing like an all-star. He certainly looks like an all-star. And that whenever they leave the floor, he always feels like he has the best player on the court. That's just how this team feels right now. So if that's not enough for you to vote for Shea in the all-star, I don't know what is. Before we end this podcast, we want to play a little bit of a game, just in the spirit of the weather that we're having right now. Typically, I mean, if you're in this sort of situation, you're stuck with the person that is there in the house with you. So with this in mind, we wanted to play a little game. Who would you choose to have with you in this sort of snowstorm? If you're stuck 
in a snow bunker somewhere, can't get out, kind of like what we're experiencing right now, who on this Thunder roster would you want to have with you, Nick? All right. I'm going to take Hami. First of all, the guy's from New York. So he's dealt with snowstorms before. He's no stranger to this. He knows what the deal is. He knows how to keep himself bundled up, but also is kind of probably used to the cold. He also just is relentless. And if we needed supplies, he'd bust through feet of snow. He would go trudging down to the convenience store. He'd go barreling in there, getting everything that we needed. Uh, I know that he could, he could handle things and just deal with kind of the, the physical rigors and mentally be able to just be the tough guy, be the strong guy to be able to get us through whatever we needed to get through. That's a really good answer. It's a really good answer. I would, I think I'm gonna go with Al Horford, you know, a guy who's just feel like he's seen it all, you know? And so, you know, he's seen this sort of situation before, would know how to handle it, knows where to go, who to call, what, what situations we need to handle first. Always thinking ahead, a couple steps ahead, a veteran presence in the bunker. I think that's important. Yeah. Major dad vibes from Al Horford. You know, he's a, he is, he is a father and what do you, that's what you need in these situations. You need the guy that knows how to deal with the plumbing, how to make sure the pipes don't freeze. You got to make sure, you know, that everything goes swell at the house and nothing goes and backfires on you in, in these types of situations. I'm telling on myself a little bit here, but the amount of times I've called my dad in these past <laughs> two days, it's the most that I've called him over the past month. <laughs> help. <laughs> it's not a drill. <laughs> That's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are staying safe and warm in this weather wherever you're listening to us from. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And to our producer, thank you so much. And until next time, Thunder Up and catch you later. Thunder Up.